Welcome to Trending Health, where we provide you with valuable insights and perspectives on the evolving healthcare industry. Brought to you by Dynamic, Trending Health explores industry topics that are real, relevant, and worth discussing. I'm your host, Jen Burke. As one year winds down, we like to look to the year ahead. I'm here with Life Sciences Head of Sector, Karen Baldry, to discuss which trends she sees being most impactful in 2024. Karen, welcome back to the podcast. I know I'm not supposed to play favorites as host, but given my passion for all things life sciences, I've really been looking forward to this conversation. Thanks, Jen. Me too. What our listeners may not know is that you wear several hats at Dynamic. So in addition to hosting the Trending Health podcast, you are also the strategy and operations lead for life sciences. So you had a huge role in partnering with me to think through and research and develop these trends. And I'm really looking forward to chatting with you today. My secret is out. Now the listeners know what I do besides hosting the podcast, but let's start at the top. What is on the horizon for the sector in 2024? Well, to start out, Jen, I think next year is really all about balancing innovation and affordability in the life sciences sector. So as we've talked a lot about on this podcast, the first batch of drugs will be moving through Medicare negotiations under the Inflation Reduction Act. And if I think globally, we'll continue to see the fallout from increases in the UK's drug schemes. So we've seen a lot of the big players really battening down the hatches this year. And with so much policy pressure and pricing uncertainty, I think the name of the game is really going to be evolving their life cycle management to drive speed to peak revenue. We did a whole episode earlier this fall about the Inflation Reduction Act and what we think the impact could be. But that's a really great point you raise around needing to shift the mindset and strategy when it comes to revenue, when it comes to life cycle management. I have to imagine that trickles down and really impacts how these companies are starting to approach launch. Yeah, absolutely. And the shift that we're seeing is really towards what I'll call launching for value. So the next generation of launches won't look like the blockbusters of the past. In fact, the expected median sales value is somewhere around 500 million with a majority of launches being classified as micro launches or nano launches. And there's just this growing trend towards developing more premium price drugs for niche patient populations. And of course, then with those high price tags comes a heightened focus on market access and innovative value contracting. And, you know, these types of contracts and the therapies themselves also carry a really high evidence burden, even after approval and beyond. We've been talking a lot this year about the elevated role of medical affairs. And when you think about the nature of upcoming launches and this new pipeline of drugs, it makes a lot of sense when you think about not just the integrated evidence planning that's required to both bring these drugs to market and then support them after launch, but also the complexity of the science that is behind these new classes of therapies. A trend that we're really seeing in life sciences organizations is elevating the idea of how can they break down silos between medical and commercial And of course, doing it compliantly, right? So compliance is still really important when thinking about medical and commercial collaboration, 
But this could actually lead to just unhealthy silos, both within an organization and for the stakeholders and customers and patients who they serve and can lead to separate organizations, separate cultures. But as you mentioned, with these more complex therapies coming to market and thinking about the diverse stakeholder groups, and as again, as you mentioned, the increased importance of evidence generation throughout the product lifecycle, the need for collaboration between commercial and medical is really evolving. And we're seeing companies think about and start to build more compliant, of course, interaction models that will facilitate what I'll call early and consistent collaboration throughout the product life cycle. And we're hopeful that as this evolves, that it will help with a more consistent experience and coordinated engagement for all of the many shared stakeholders that they have. When I hear consistent experience and coordinated engagement, I can't help but think of omni-channel. And I know that is an area that particularly for medical affairs, they've really been grappling with. I think omni-channel, that approach to customer engagement really forces the question of how do we collaborate? How do we share data to achieve that one customer mentality? Let's talk about omnichannel across the board, but you're right that medical affairs are starting to explore omnichannel in earnest and you know thinking about what that looks like for them. But across the board, across medical and commercial, I would say mastering omnichannel is the key focus going into 2024. And what we're seeing marketers and medical folks think about is where they are on their own omnichannel journey and on the maturity curve and where they want to be at the end of 2024 and beyond. So thinking about where they start, right? This could be anything from going from relatively basic segmentation to more dynamic segmentation. It could be starting to think about modular content or it could be using AI to map customer journeys. The investment in omnichannel capabilities and centers of excellence is definitely increasing. And I think we'll only continue to do so as life sciences organizations really start to integrate omnichannel into their customer engagement strategy and optimizing and mastering omnichannel and what that means for them. This was a pretty good run. We made it almost to the end of the episode before saying AI, but now that you've said it, we have to talk about it. What is happening with AI in the sector in 2024? That's right, Jen. I think I saw something like 90% of large pharmaceutical companies initiated AI or machine learning projects back in 2020. So I I have to imagine that number is somewhere close to 100% by now based on everything we're seeing and hearing. And, you know, AI has the potential to revolutionize business operations, improve patient outcomes, strengthen market positions. And where we've seen it applied really well historically is in R&D and on the clinical development side, and that has continued for sure. But it's great to see it's really coming into its own on the medical and commercial side as well. When we think about how to use it for real world evidence generation, thinking about how it can be used for med legal or promotional reviews, But when leveraging AI, it's something that needs to be done thoughtfully, not just for the life sciences organizations to maximize the value of their investment, but also to ensure that they're doing it responsibly. And of all the trends that we track through today, Jen, this is the one I'm most excited and curious to really keep our eye on going into 2024 and beyond. I think even by the time this podcast comes out, there'll be something new that has happened. And this one's really one to keep our fingers on the pulse of. 
Thanks, Karen. This was so fun. I'm really excited to continue watching all these trends with you next year. And for our listeners, our next episode will be the final installment in our mini-sode series where we'll be sitting down and talking to our health tech head of sector. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Trending Health. For links to resources discussed in the episode, to subscribe to the Trending Health podcast, and explore if Dynamic can help your company manage ongoing healthcare industry change, visit trendinghealth.com. Tune into the next episode where we look forward to providing you with more insights on the healthcare industry.